lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi everyone, welcome back. Last week we spoke about having a good eye, and I feel like Hashem... um, Hashem said, oh, Jenna, you want to speak about a good eye? Let me challenge you and see if you can really have a good eye. (laughs) You know, this happens a lot when we set like a spiritual intention um, or we're focusing on a a particular thing. We tend, that thing tends to come up. Um, We tend to get tested in that area. So this past week, my daughter's camp was canceled for the foreseeable future. And I had been like pinning my hopes on her going to camp. I was so excited to get back to some semblance of normalcy. And that was a big blow. And on top of that, I, my parents, um, you know, we normally visit my parents in New York every summer and they, that was also put on hold. So I was very disappointed this past week. I was kind of like drowning in self-pity. Um, and you know, of course I see the bigger picture, like, thank God my husband has a job and we're healthy, but you know, it's still very challenging being all at home together all the time. And there's a lack of structure. And, and I think one of the biggest things we're grappling with is just this inability to really plan for the future. You know, there's so much uncertainty now. Um, and of course I miss my family and friends and there's just like this general feeling of, of being stuck. And I was thinking about this over Shabbos when I was reading about Korach, who we spoke about last week, his Moshe's cousin, and he was like angry because he was passed over for a leadership position. And it was like he was telling Hashem, like, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Like, I'm destined to be great. I should have a great leadership position. And I feel like that happens a lot in our lives. Like, at least for me personally, I keep saying to Hashem, Hashem, this isn't the situation we're meant to be in. Have you seen the calendar? It's July. We're... My daughter is meant to be in camp. We're meant to go to New York to my parents' house. Hello? (laughs) But Hashem's like, no, this is actually the situation that I want you in. And it's hard to accept this. And I think it's especially hard, too, when you when you look around at how other people are managing and coping and, and do they have family nearby? Do they have a pool? Are their kids going to camp? You know, it's very easy to feel jealous and feel like, why don't I have those things? But what I learned about with Korach is like, all the other people who had leadership positions, it had nothing to do with him. The bottom line was he wasn't meant to have a leadership position. So too, like somebody else's portion has nothing to do with us. And if, and if they have a pool or camp or family nearby, you know, and we don't, it's, it really has nothing to do with us. And we don't want to be in this like victim mentality, but it's hard to avoid sometimes because life has been particularly challenging. So I was feeling very down, and I actually found refuge in an amazing book called Battle Plans by my, two of my teachers, Robertson Sapora Heller, now Gottlieb, and Sario Havid Riggler. And it's called Battle Plans, How to Fight the Yetzirah. So the Yetzirah is the evil inclination within us. We have a Yetzirah and the Yetzirah Hatov, the evil inclination and the good inclination. And a lot of times our Yetzirah will take many, it'll assume many different forms, but it usually has an agenda to make us feel sad and jealous and disappointed. And, and this is this is kind of the Yetzirah I want to address today. And the chapter that I'm going to be working off of is called Seeing in the Dark, which is very appropriate for the times we are living in now. So these teachings are based on the teachings of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. And, and he basically says we, we live in a world of darkness. 
And we know this because the word for world in Hebrew, olam, comes from the root word meaning hidden. By definition, this physical world is a place of concealment. It's a place where Hashem hides himself purposely. He had to withdraw his presence because we need to have a world with free will in it. You know, if we saw Hashem openly all the time, we would have no free will. So Hashem has deliberately hidden his presence in this world. And the authors say, if we define Hashem's presence as light, then we must resign ourselves to the reality that we are living in a world of darkness. Um, we definitely feel this more now, for sure. And, or at least I do. And, and our objective here that we're going to be talking about is turning on the light, seeing Hashem's presence in this world. So if you imagine the Yetzirah as a robber, and he's coming to your house, and all of a sudden, you turn on the lights and, and the robber runs away. So if we're trying to turn on the lights to see Hashem's presence, which will hopefully cause our Yetzirah to run away. Okay, so how do we bring some light into our lives? The first practical tool is recognize Hashem. So the authors speak about night division devices that are used by the army so that soldiers can see their, their enemy in the dark. It could be super dark and they can still see their target. So they encourage us to, to use this by noticing very deeply Hashem's will and wisdom in a situation. You know, sometimes we're like, where is Hashem and why is this happening? But, but the authors say we have to remind ourselves that everything comes from Hashem and we have to keep gazing through our night division devices, our night vision devices until Hashem's will and wisdom becomes visible. So in my situation, um, I was, you know, right off the bat, I was even thinking as upset as I was, you know, maybe it's better she doesn't go to camp. There have been rising cases, especially in Los Angeles. You know, it's probably safer that she isn't in camp, especially if we want to go see my parents at some point. So even just a little bit of, you know, where, where could I see Hashem's wisdom in this? We can never fully understand, but sometimes we can get a glimpse of, of Hashem in the picture. But the authors say something else very beautiful that I want to share. They say that to really see Hashem present in this world, we have to understand that he's constantly recreating every moment. And we have to have this fresh perspective of newness. So what does this mean? They say it means recognizing that every person, thing, or experience is a unique manifestation of Hashem's will in this moment and not a rerun of yesterday. And I think this is so important because I feel like, especially now, so many people are in ruts, you know, like wake up like, ugh, another day, you know, another day where I can, what am I going to do with my kid? Take them to the park again? Like, it's just this feeling of like, we're doing the same thing over and over again. But it's like, no, every moment is a fresh moment that Hashem is literally like renewing creation constantly. So like me being with my daughter this morning is a whole new experience. It's not just like another day with my daughter. And if we can look at reality with these fresh perspective, um, we really can connect more to Hashem's presence. And I want to just make a quick um, a quick reference. I actually taught English last year at the Beis Yaakov and to 11th grade girls. <laughs> it was quite the experience. And we read the play Our Town by Thornton Wilder. And there's one scene that's so powerful where the girl Emily... She passes away in childbirth and she, when she's, you know, no longer living, there's a scene where she's in the graveyard and she decides that she really wants to relive one day of her life. And she chooses to go back to the day of her 12th birthday. And, and the people in the grave try to warn her, like, don't go, don't go back. But she goes. 
And when she sees, she's horrified because she she sees that no one is truly stopping and like appreciating anything. Everyone's just kind of like going through the motions of life. And it's so like painful for her to watch this that she decides, okay, take me back to my grave. But before she turns back, she says goodbye. And I just want to read you the quote because it's so powerful. She says, goodbye. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, Grover's Corners, Mama and Papa. Goodbye to clocks ticking and Mama's sunflowers and food and coffee and new iron dresses and hot baths and sleeping and waking up. Oh, Earth, you're too wonderful for anyone to realize you. And I think that's such a beautiful quote because it's like even in the midst of everything going on, most of us, thank God, have electricity. You know, we have food. We have coffee if we want. We have clean clothing. Um, We have our loved ones hopefully around us or at least some. And it's like we can we can really appreciate and and enjoy the little pleasures that we can access during this time. I find it makes a big difference. Just to give a little example, um, recently I've been putting a little slice of lemon in my water when I'm when I try to drink throughout the day, and it's just giving me like a little boost. It's like I feel like I'm at the spa or at a hotel. It's just like a little novelty, like something new, something fresh, um, something small to enjoy. But it's actually like really boosted my mood. <laughs> it's like so simple, but um, I don't know if you want to try that or something something else like that. But I thought it would be useful to share something. But what happens when we're so in the dark that we literally like feel like we can't see Hashem? Like we can't see the light at all. We're in such darkness. So this has happened to me where I felt like this before. And so this is my this is my own kind of addendum, not from the authors, but I want to share a quote that I heard from one of my teachers from seminary, Rabbi Daniel Katz. That he his quote is, In the light look for the truth, and in the dark stay true to the light. And in times of light, you know, when things are going well, um, sometimes we see Hashem's hands so, so clearly. But in times of darkness, like, and confusion, it's just sometimes we can't see Hashem's hand at all. So he's saying that, like, in times of light, when you have clarity and you see Hashem's hand, like, kind of, like, hold on to that, remember that, like, bank it and store it so that in times of darkness, you can draw onto it. And it's kind of like walking in a dark field and all of a sudden there's a flash of lightning and you kind of see the path and then all of a sudden you're back in the dark and you, you try to stay true to the path that was illuminated by the lightning. It's kind of it's kind of like that. So I never forgot this teaching. I found it very helpful that during times when I'm feeling so low and my heart is so, so distressed, I can tell myself intellectually, you know, God is with you. Things will be good. And more than that, they are good now, even if you can't see it. And this is where you're supposed to be right now. This is what is best for you. And by telling myself this, even if I don't feel it yet, it helps me to move forward in the dark um, and in these times of uncertainty. Okay, so the first step is recognizing Hashem, noticing very deeply his will and wisdom in the situation, um, tapping into to the moments and recognizing that everything is new and fresh. And number two is accepting his will. So a lot of times things will happen and we'll just be like, oh, nope, <laughs> you know, like reject, like no thank you, like corona, quarantine, no thank you. But um, the authors say instead of pushing the reject button, we need to push the acceptance button. And they say something very powerful. They say, we need to say to Hashem, the way you're making it happen is the way I want to go. So this is obviously a very high level because it doesn't mean, it's not just saying, okay, like I'll deal with it. It's saying, no, I actually, I prefer this, (laughs) which right now is a very high level, I think. So 
accepting a situation, it's, it's submitting totally to Hashem's will rather than our ego, which demands like it has to be my way. So applying it to my example, um, I found this to be hard, but it's like, ultimately, what do I know? You know, I thought her going to camp was the best thing. I thought us going to New York was the best thing. But right now, maybe it's truly not the best thing for us. And and if Hashem wants us here, then this is by definition the best place for us right now. And and that that idea can help me like really accept that, that it can help me accept my situation. And the third step is acquiring goodness. So, okay, so we see Hashem a little bit in the situation. We're willing to accept it. But now what? Like, what do I do now? So the authors say, to figure out what Hashem wants from us, we learn Torah. Because Torah literally means instruction or teaching or law. You know, it's teaching us the proper conduct in any given set of circumstances. So that's one perspective. But another way I want to speak about acquiring goodness is that the authors teach a basic Hasidic concept that you fight evil by increasing good. So by learning Torah and doing acts of kindness, we are literally like filling our voids. We are filling the darkness with light. So according to Rabbi Nachman, Yetzirah is the evil inclination is literally darkness. And the Yetzirah Tov is the piece of us connected to Hashem's light. So the author says a very powerful quote here. They say, you can't fight with the darkness but you can banish it by increasing the light. I'll say it again, it's so good. You can't fight with the darkness, but you can banish it by increasing the light. Through learning Torah and doing acts of kindness, we literally acquire goodness and we can fill our voids and darkness with light. So in my situation, like preparing for this podcast, I'll be honest, like I was so down that I was like, I can't do a podcast this week. Like, how am I going to get up there and say anything inspiring or positive at all? (laughs) Like, that's how bad I felt. But enforcing myself to prepare something and to learn Torah and to and to and to to um, exert myself in this way I actually felt better and I'm not I'm really not even just saying that I actually felt better I actually felt like I filled myself up with Torah and I was connected to Hashem and light and it really did help me to, to accept my situation more wholeheartedly and feel better so the three steps acknowledging Hashem accepting his plan and acquiring goodness um, and the last point I want to make is that we can pray for help. And, and the authors share a basic principle that's very powerful, which is in spiritual things, you get what you want. In physical things, you get what Hashem knows is good for you. So I, you know, I can dive in for, for a Mercedes all I want. If Hashem doesn't want me to have a Mercedes, I'm not, if it's not good for me, I'm not going to get it. But I can dive into Hashem. I can pray that I can accept his situation and I can have inner peace and be happy with my with my situation. And that's a spiritual thing. And Hashem Hashem will give that to me if I want it badly enough, which is such a powerful, self-empowering idea. Okay, so to sum up, the Yetzirah has an agenda to make us feel sad and jealous and disappointed. It, it is literally representative of darkness. And we already feel and know that we're in such a dark world. So how do we turn on the light? Three tools. Number one, recognize Hashem. And this requires a fresh perspective that Hashem constantly renews every moment. And so each moment is so precious. And reminding ourselves that everything comes from Hashem. So we can keep noticing very deeply until Hashem's will and wisdom become visible to us. Number two, we push the accept button. We say to Hashem, the way you're making it happen is the way I want to go. And number three, we can acquire goodness. We can fill the void of darkness with light by learning Torah and doing acts of kindness and giving. 
Okay, I hope I know this is a tall order, but I hope that it was helpful to you and enjoyable. And I am looking forward to speaking with you again next week. Take care.